and um, and as long as I've known her, you know, it, it uh, the cancer it was just um, uh, for whatever reason, you know, sometimes it gets in that si- in her system and it'll it'll show up over here and it'll show up over there, and that's kind of what it, it did for her. And most of the time they're able to get it taken care of, you know, with just chemo. Um, but this one was real aggressive, and so they didn't have to add the radiation treatments to her. It was just, it was just too hard on her. And, you know, of course, sometimes the cure on those things is, um, you know, as difficult as anything. And so um, <clears throat> I think you went through uh, 38 treatments of, was it radiation, right? Uh, for, uh, uh, was it 40? 44 treatments of, for prostate cancer. And um, <clears throat> and so it's uh, uh, it's just tough. The body doesn't uh, uh, the body recoils at the sickness, you know, and, and it recoils at the poison that they use to cure the sickness. And so, um, but um, I sure hate it for Miss Sue because she was she was always such a, a blessing to us uh, in healing school, and she always had uh, a good insight in things, and um, <clears throat> and uh, she she really enjoyed coming to healing school and. Fellowshipping with us, you know, she came to most of the, uh, even though our church is on Saturday, she would come to most of the, the, the uh, uh, church meals to fellowship with us, and, and, um, <clears throat> and so, and she was, uh, um, uh, she, she loved learning about healing, uh, because her church, although they didn't teach on healing, they at least were open to the subject, you know, you go to some churches, and you know, they'll basically throw you out, you know, if you're, if you teach healing or teach on the Holy Spirit or tongues or something, any of the, the uh, uh, common uh, Pentecostal doctrines, they'll throw you out of the church, you know, and so, you know, they, they were, uh, I say open, that may be a little bit strong, but, you know, they were okay with her doing whatever she did, you know, that's just Sue doing her thing there. But she got uh, many people over the years uh, aware of the doctrine of healing and prayed for people. They would have a group of people that they would pray for at church, uh, and um, <clears throat> and they kind of got around that uh, if somebody needed prayer for healing, they would call Sue and, and the gang, you know. And so they'd go back in some secret room back in the church and they'd pray for the people there and had uh, much, much success over the years. And so, um, <clears throat> so if I if I find out more details about uh, service times or anything like that, uh, of course she lived here in Dayton. Uh, but uh, I think her son lives down in Chattanooga, and her church is down in Chattanooga as well. So um, I'll let you guys know as we find out about that. But um, <clears throat> but you know she's in heaven, and and um, uh, and uh, no doubt she's thrilled. And and um, uh, you know there there is that aspect if if we really understand heaven and 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 know that you know it's uh, uh, you know I'm just sad for her that. Uh, that she had to suffer like that, and, and um, <clears throat> uh, you know, she she had she was such a uh, a big presence, you know, to us, and, and when she visited with us, so uh, I'll I'll miss her fellowship, you know, that we had over the years, and so uh, well, she's not suffering anymore, uh, surely, and um, <clears throat> and she'll be cheering us on, you know. The Bible says that uh, she's now entered into the great cloud of witnesses, and she'll be cheering us on, and and. Um, I'm sure when we get to heaven, you know, she may have a few comments about some of the classes we did on healing school, you know, and, and uh, because she was never one to uh, withhold her opinion, right? I mean, we, we went toe-to-toe several times, right, over the years, right? <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, it was okay. It was never, you know, I never got upset at it, you know, because uh, there's things she just saw differently sometimes, you know, and, and oftentimes we could kind of, you know, uh, uh, bring her along with us and, and um, but... Um, 
you know, she was fearless in that regard and, and uh, never disrespectful or out of order, you know, but um, um, she, she put a lot of thought and um, effort into, uh, into her studies there. And so, so we will miss uh, Miss Sue greatly and um, uh, we'll find out as we go along. Hopefully we'll get some more details from the family about what's going on because I think her son is her, the only family she's got. So um, I think she'd had, uh, I don't even know about brothers and sisters, you know, the only one I've ever known was her son. And, um, and of course, she has friends there as well uh, in the church there. So, uh, but <clears throat> um, why don't we pray and we'll get into the word tonight. So, Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you, Father, for the blessings you've given to us. Father, we thank you that the word of God is our foundation of our faith. Father, we have no confidence in ourselves, no confidence uh, in uh, anything, Father, in an institution. Father, we only have confidence in your word. And so we thank you that your spirit grants unto us wisdom and insight and revelation of your word. We thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> well, praise God. Well, let's open up our Bibles to the book of Philippians chapter 3. We'll continue there today. And, um, of course, we're teaching on, on the book of Philippians. And, and uh, uh, you know, as we know from, from the earlier parts of the book, Paul had a real uh, tender place in his heart for the Philippian church. They, they had ministered to him financially in other ways, uh, uh, towards him and for him and so really this whole book is, is really a thank you letter and a love letter to the church at Philippi uh, and so he gets down here we got down to uh, verse 2 and I know that uh, uh, Pastor Michael had come uh, last week right and, and uh, taught uh, in this area and uh, so I thought uh, I thought well I could go on or I could just uh, I think I'll just add to what he had already said here uh, in these notes there because um, there's there one other point I wanted to make in verse 2 that we hadn't really discussed, uh, and it says, uh, let's just start in verse 1 of chapter 3, it says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord, to write the same things to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you, it is safe, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision, and so Paul says, you know, be aware, <clears throat> now, you know, uh, in, in all of our lives, there are going to be people that act like dogs, you know, I don't mean like, you know, barking and, and, and things like that, you know, just bad people, right? Beware of evil workers, people who have uh, an, an intent to bring harm to your life. Uh, and we talked about how, how even the Lord Jesus had uh, discussed about <clears throat> the uh, um, Pharisees and how he had just railed against them and uh, that they were hindering people in getting into the kingdom of heaven. And that's really, if you look at, uh, especially in the ministry of Jesus... The people that, that he that was the hardest against was anybody who hindered other people in their spiritual walk. And it, primarily the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And, and it wasn't even so much that, you know, they didn't believe and, you know, those sorts of things. You know, it's how many people don't believe? Lots of people don't believe, right? Did he say anything about the, the Chinese or the Asians or the Africans or anybody that hadn't had the gospel up to that point? No, he didn't say anything about anybody else. He only, he only uh, fussed at the Pharisees. Uh, because people were coming to them to find out how do you get to the Jehovah God? How do you get to God? And they would hinder them. They, well, you've got to give me some money. Right? Well, you've got to do this or you've got to do that. You know? and, and so instead of getting into the kingdom of heaven and learning who Jehovah God was, they, they hindered their spiritual walk. And, so, uh, and that's an evil worker. Uh, an evil worker is somebody that's going to uh, cause your spiritual walk to be changed to benefit them but not benefit the person that's seeking the Lord 
Uh, and if you look at the history of the church, uh, how many times have we done this? How many times? You know, you look at the, especially you look at the history of, of uh, specifically the Catholic church, and I'm not, you know, some people just really rail against the Catholic church. I'm not here to rail against them. I'm just, but from a historical perspective, they were the worst, right? They would go and, hey, you give me some money and, and all of your sins will be absolved. Just by, you mean, you, I can just write a check and I don't have to repent. Nope, don't have to repent. Just write a check and, or give you a bag of money. Yep, and, and um, <clears throat> you'll be on your way to heaven. Well, who's not going to take that deal? How many people are in hell uh, wishing they could get a refund uh, for, those, for, those, uh, for that, ba- that bag of money that they gave to whoever, right? And, and uh, never were taught, you know, of course, uh, just recently, I guess, was the, was the um, uh, anniversary of, uh, of the Protestant movement, right? When, when uh, the original Martin Luther nailed his, he, he, he was a, actually a Catholic priest, but he, 95 points, they called him his 95 theses, about faith, you know, that we're justified by faith alone and not by, not by finances or anything else. Well, see, all of those times when people did that, they were hindering people getting into the kingdom of heaven because you've got to be here. You know, there, there's actually a church, uh, a, a church denomination, they don't call themselves the denomination, but they essentially are, who, who say, if you don't come to their physical building, you will not go to heaven. Now, you know, that's just, it's just, just walking around since it's just absurd because well were they there uh, at the cross did Jesus die and then set up that building with that name on it well no I mean they, they didn't even show up for thousands of years right after Jesus so so they're a little late so that means nobody was saved from from the from the last uh, apostle the last uh, apostle of the lamb until the church was started you know uh, maybe 150 years ago or whatever it was you know it doesn't matter when it was it could have been 160 years ago. It wasn't 300 years ago because they started in the U.S., right? And it's not important who you call a name, although you probably know who it is. Uh, but, see, that's a hindrance because if, if you tell me all I got to do is show up and breathe air in your building and I get to go to heaven, yep. Wow, you know, that's a sweet deal, right? Who wouldn't take that deal? And so, you know, what, what's the motivation? Well, I, I can't tell you motivation then, but uh, sometimes motivation is to get people in our building, give me money, Right? Uh, you give me money, you go to heaven. Well, see, I'm okay then. I'm, a, I'm, I'm advanced in that. But you're, you're not, right? You are now hindered from heaven. You are hindered from... Uh, and, and, G, and, and Jesus had harsh things to say against him. Paul called them evil workers there. <clears throat> and, of course, uh, we went through a list of, uh, of several workers that had gone against Paul. Uh, and he said, beware, beware of the concision or the mutilators, right? That word concision there. Uh, it means mutilators. He's talking about he's talking about the Jews that have been circumcised, right? Uh, and so that's the particular people that he's that he's talking to. But three times he tells the church to beware, be aware, right? Be uh, use your eyes, look around. Uh, and so you know the balance that we have to strike in our hearts is to not be suspicious of people, right? Because people are you know sometimes you just you know hey how you doing? Well, what do you want to know? You know who's asking? Uh, you know, we shouldn't be suspicious of each other because uh, <clears throat> we have the Spirit of God on the inside of us, right? And so when he says beware, it's not just beware naturally, but also beware in your heart, right? Because you go up to somebody and the Lord may say, run. Don't, don't, don't spend any time with that person. Well, that's being aware, right? That's being aware of what the Spirit of God is telling you. And other times, uh, even if they're a flawed person, the Lord may say, well, you, you need to befriend them and help to disciple them, right? Help them. Uh, get more established in the Lord, more established in their in their faithfulness to the Word and, and to the, the will of God for their life. Uh, and so, 
So we don't want to be suspicious because uh, uh, the gift of suspicion is not one of the nine gifts of the Spirit, right? Although some people think it is, right? Uh, oh, I, I, I know what they're all about, you know. And it's really the gift of gossip as well, right? Uh, and so, but he said, beware, beware of, of the concision, beware of, of the Jews. <clears throat> and of course, then he, he goes right on into that one, into the next verse there. It says, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Uh, <clears throat> and so, Paul, Paul was saying here that, uh, that, that we, and, and when he's saying we, he wasn't just talking about himself as a Jewish person. He was talking about himself and the people at the Church of Philippi. Of course, the Church of Philippi was a Gentile church, right? They were not a Jewish church. They weren't, you know, like the church at Jerusalem was really a, 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 um, a, a church that was filled with, with previous Jewish people, right? And even in that church at Jerusalem, they never really saw themselves as being previous Jewish people. They saw themselves as being Jewish people that accepted the Messiah. Uh, and, 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 of course, Paul goes into some of the distinction of that in, in the next verse there. Uh, but he said that we, we are the circumcision. And so, really, in fact, I'm going to read just a, a, um, a, a few verses here. Um, uh, the Amplified Version of verse 2, where he said, look out for the dogs and the, the, the legalists. The legalistic people look out for the troublemakers, look out for the false circumcision. Those who claim circumcision is necessary for salvation. Uh, and, and you know, there's it's a, in fact it's the same group of people who believe that water baptism is required for salvation, right? Uh, and I've always thought it odd that we have to do something naturally natural to to determine our eternal spiritual destination. We have to go go dunk in water. Is there any, any supernatural thing with water? I mean, is water supernatural? Is there anything about water that's supernatural? No. Uh, and, and the thing is, <clears throat> the problem with that statement is, if you go through and look at the Word of God, just, uh, it just lay aside the doctrine for just a, a little while, right? Because you know, people, you can take any verse and twist it and, and make it say, well, you've got to do this, right? But if you just look at the example uh, of uh, the disciples, for example, well, they got saved in John chapter 20 when Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. There's no, in fact, really, there's no evidence that any of the disciples, the 12 apostles, were ever water baptized. Uh, you ever see Peter get baptized by Jesus? Well, we saw Jesus get baptized, but I never saw Peter get baptized, John or, or Bartholomew or Matthias or any, any of those guys. Uh, then you go on into uh, several examples in the, in, the, uh, in the book of Acts where it says, <clears throat> that they believed and then they received, uh, like in, um, uh, in Acts chapter 10 for uh, the folks at Cornelius' house, it says uh, that they believed and the Holy Spirit fell on them and they started, started speaking in tongues and then Peter said, well, you know, can we withhold water baptism from them? I'm seeing that they received the Holy Spirit like we did. And if you understand what happened, you know, in order to receive the Holy Spirit, you know, you, uh, <clears throat> it's not just, you know, you raise your hand, you get it, right? That's not, if they could have done that in the Old Testament. That's not how you get the Holy Spirit. You know, the only way we get the Holy Spirit, uh, the, the, the whole issue with redemption was that our spirits were dead spirits, right? Our spirits were separated from the life of God. So uh, God wanted us to have the Spirit, but we were unqualified to receive it because He's holy, right? He's perfect, so you can't put, uh, Mark chapter 2 talks about putting uh, new wine into old wineskins. 
Well, you can't put new wine, which is a representation of the Holy Spirit, into new wineskins because he said, you know, it'll, it'll just destroy the, the wineskin. So he said you put new wine into new wineskins. <clears throat> and so uh, the, the, the understanding of that is that before we can receive the Holy Spirit, we had to be born again, right? That's the whole point of us being born again, not just to, for the sake of a check mark or even on having our destiny in heaven. The purpose of being born again is to be qualified to receive the Holy Spirit so that our spirits were, were made brand new, no sin in it, no, no sin nature in our spirits, right? We have a sin nature in our flesh, but there's no errors in our spirit. So we're brand new, made in the image and likeness of God. That allowed the Spirit of God then to, to be uh, able to come into our spirits and dwell with our spirits. Prior to that, we were unqualified. You know, no, nobody in the Old Testament had the Holy Spirit because of that reason, because they were all uh, no, no longer alive unto God, just like everybody passed through, through Romans chapter 7. And they were alive without the law once, but when the, when the commandment came, sin revived, and they all died. Same thing happened to all of us, right? All of us went through the age of accountability, and, and our spirits died, and... And when I say died, I just mean it was separated from the life of God. So it didn't cease to exist. It just no longer had the life of God in it. It was no longer capable of containing and hosting the life of God. Uh, and so Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, you must be born again. <clears throat> of course, Nicodemus, he, he had no concept. And of course, and he was a Pharisee, right? He was one of the teachers of the law. If he didn't understand that, and he was a student of the word, what about just the rank and file Jewish person? Would they even understand what they're talking about? I mean, Jesus was explaining to, to now of course, we can look at it and go, well, yeah, it's obvious, right? But if, if you were Nicodemus and Jesus was explaining that to you, you'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. So, so you know, uh, any time that, uh, so, so we had to be born again uh, by faith, right? For by grace you saved through faith. In order to receive the Holy Spirit. And then, you know, did, did uh, Jesus say we should be baptized? He did. Is baptism a, a necessary component for salvation? It's not, but it's a requirement from our master, just like attending church. Do you have to attend church to be saved? Well, no. What about giving? You know, tithing and off, giving offerings. Do you have to tithe and give offerings to be saved? Why well, no. What about uh, uh, going to all the world to preach the gospel? Do you have to be a witness to the Lord to, to be saved? Well, no. Uh, should you do all of those things? Well, you should because Jesus told us to do all those things. What if you don't? Well, then you're in rebellion and you'll, you'll miss out on the blessings of obedience, right? The blessings that come from obedience. But you're not going to miss heaven. <clears throat> and, you know, and I, was, you know, I went through a lot more detail even than that, talking to a friend of mine trying to help them. And they said, well, we, we only agree, disagree on one little thing. They're like, well, it's not really a little thing. It's not like a huge thing, right? I mean, in, in my mind, it's a huge doctrinal barrier to, you know, if you tell me I've got to go do some natural thing, Prior to me getting saved, what if there's no natural thing available around to me, right? I mean, I don't have a, you know, a body of water running around anywhere, right? Uh, and so, they, they thought we were really close. You know, in my mind, we're, we're a long ways apart from each other. I'm not mad at anybody, but um, just, just trying to help them out. So, uh, so there's, al there's always people, so Paul said, beware of the circumstance. Beware of those who say, you've got to do it my way, these natural things, because that, that for, for the Jewish person, circumcision was a right of, of declaring that I am a covenant member of the house of Israel. Uh, and, and so if you weren't circumcised, you know, then it was too bad. Yeah. And, um, and I'm sure that those that were, you know, would look down on those that weren't. And, and so, 
So, there, so Paul said, beware. Beware of legalistic people. Beware of people that are going to try to hinder your walk with God by saying, you've got to do these things. You've got to come to my church. You've got to say these three things. You know, I mean, it's, it, and, and, and there's so many different groups in the body of Christ that will prescribe, here's the things you have to do before you're allowed to go to heaven. And if any of them reside in the natural realm, they're all wrong. Because uh, uh, we are saved by grace through faith. Amen. Uh, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. <clears throat> and uh, the only natural aspect of getting saved is that you have to confess them as your Lord. Right? You have to use those words and declare that, that uh, uh, he is my Lord. Amen. So it's an, in, in the natural realm, but it's an expression of the faith that's on the inside of you. Because if you're, if you're saved by grace through faith, um, uh, then... <clears throat> How is that faith expressed, right? Then uh, you're, you're going to express it by declaring that he is now your Lord. Uh, and so, um, so, so Paul just said, you know, it's a big deal, right? It's, it's, uh, um, and it has, historically has been a big deal in the church. And, and, and every movement of God, you know, just, 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 I mean, I know even in the Pentecostal world, you know, if, if you wore jewelry, you weren't saved. Uh, and, and, you know, if you had... Heaven forbid you had like a tattoo or something like that. That's straight to hell right there, right? Uh, or if you're a woman and wore pants, you know. Um, uh, and, and, you know, uh, I mean, it's just how many, how many things like that in the history of the church have people tried to push on other people, said you must do these natural things uh, in order to be saved. Uh, and they're all garbage. They're all a waste of time. They're all there to hinder you from uh, arriving at the place of faith that you need to. And they're there really to advance my cause, right? I, I set up this natural thing so I can advance my cause. Not the cause of heaven, not the cause of the kingdom of God, my cause, right? I want you to be in my church. I want you to, to give money to me. Uh, and, um, you know, and I know uh, uh, not even about salvation, but I hear this a lot too, uh, just like in the area of sowing and reaping. Did Jesus say, given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, checking together, running over, some men give it to your bosom? You know, he did say that, right, Jesus? So is that a valid, a valid statement? It is a valid statement. Well, uh, but see, the problem with that is, how do I twist that, though, to advance my cause, right? So, so what we've come up with in a church is say, I am good soil. You've got to give to me. If you give to that guy over there, waste of time. Never going the second part of that verse, it shall be given unto you. Never gonna work if you give that guy over there. If you give to me, good soil. The problem with that statement is that Jesus, Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said give. So so how do we know? How do we know where to give? Well, I mean Paul later in, in Second Corinthians uh, uh, chapter what nine it says according to your heart. So you give according to your heart. Well then uh, is it give according to your heart and then look at the financial statement of the, of the recipient? Let me see your books, you know. If you're, uh, uh, let me see how many miracles you did last year. Let me see how many, you know. Let me confirm and, and to acknowledge that you are good, good soil by my measurement. I mean, I, what's the measurement? I don't know what the measurement is, but whatever the measurement is, I'm sure it's some, you know, either, you know, I'm, I'm honest, right? I have good character. At least I can appear that way. Um, I, you know, I don't know what the measurement is. Good soil. I don't, what's the measurement? I don't know. But, but see, the problem is we've added to that verse because really we give only by obedience to the Lord. Uh, and if you give by obedience to the Lord, he may tell you, go give money to that poor person over there. You think that poor person's ever going to pay you back? 
you know, now some people, poor people are there because, you know, they, they had a rough patch in their life and they'll, they'll go through that season, they'll come back out of it, it's fine. Uh, but Jesus said you'll always have the poor with you, always. So there will be some people that will never not be poor. They'll be poor all their life. Well, why? Well, you know, I mean, a thousand, I don't, you know, it's not, I'm not here to judge anybody, but, you know, some people just bad at finances. Some people just blow it all, and some people are addicted. Some people have, you know, they got gambling problems, you know, just whatever. It just There's a, a hundred reasons why, probably a thousand reasons why. So it's not important why, but if the Lord said give money to that person, you think they'll ever pay you back? In fact, he said, if you're going to give to them, give with the expectation of not getting it back, right? You don't give with strings attached, right? Uh, and so, well, if, but if I give to that, they're not good soil, Lord. They're going to go and blow it on, you know, whatever. You know, they'll, they'll get a little bit of food, but the rest of it they may, you know, spend on the lottery or something. You know, I can't, I can't give money to that. You know, this is the Lord's money. But what if he said they give it to him? Because he didn't say give uh, after you evaluate their financial standing and make sure that their character is on par and that, that uh, they meet your minimum requirements for a number of, of uh, uh, you know, salvations per year or whatever, whatever requirement we come up with. He just said give. Give by the direction of the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, and, and so how many times has a church said, you've got to give to me in order to receive the blessings of heaven? How many times have we said, you've got to do some natural thing prior to you receiving blessings from heaven? That's the, that's the, the concision right there. Anybody who says that, they're the Jews right there, right? They're saying, you've got to follow my prescription uh, in order to, to be blessed from heaven. And, and, and you can't find the specific thing in the word, right? You can't find anywhere in the New Testament that you must be circumcised prior to salvation. You can't find anywhere in the New Testament that says you, you must be water baptized before uh, you arrive at salvation. You can't find anywhere in the New Testament that you have to come to my church, the name of this church, prior to being saved. Uh, I mean, as a whole, they will take phrases and, and you know, painfully twist verses to make it say that but when you look at the whole counsel of God it doesn't fit it right and and that's you know the uh and studying in studying the word um a lot of times I'll read a verse and I'll think you know I wonder if it means this you know whatever it is I wonder if it means this right just like the good soil thing I was thinking Lord, Lord you know I, I've heard that does, does that because you said given it shall be given unto you good measure pressed down shaken ever shall men give into your bosom so I mean there's sowing and reaping but does that make sense that I've got, I have to give to this specific ministry? Do I see anything in the, in the Word of God that would, that would not line up with that? When you go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, so you give according to what's in your heart. Well, then, that not, see, the head would say, I need, to, I need a list of, of uh, qualifications before I give to you. See, that's an that's a, that's a intellectual decision, right? But the heart decision is based on faith, what the Lord tells you to do, right? So to me, you know, if I start down that road of, of well, let's, let's make a doctrine of who's good soil to sow money into. Because that's, that's a doctrine, right? I mean, it's, it's not a really strong doctrine, but I hear that. And, and immediately, I, my, since I don't, know, I don't know anywhere in the Word that says you've got to give to a certain ministry, I, I start questioning that doctrine. And the Lord, because it's not necessarily that it's, that it's automatically wrong, because it may be just the, the, the way we see it, Right. It may, you know, and that's fine. Uh, it, it's not, it doesn't have to be wrong just because I don't see that, the principle that could be in the Word. Uh, and so, but I, I start going through the Word just in my heart. Lord, uh, does that fit in the whole counsel of God? Is there anything that would violate that principle that says, I can only give to certain locations in order to, to get a, 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 a uh, blessing back for my giving? 
And, and, I, and I just don't see that anywhere in the Word, right? I see that you give according to what's in your heart. Now, you know, my, my opinion is that, you know, tithes and offerings at, at your storehouse, and you go back to Malachi, you know, uh, you can make the case that, that uh, the storehouse is your local church, uh, but if you see it differently than that, you know, I mean, it's none of my business. And people fight wars over should you tithe or not. Uh, I mean, uh, why, why is that a war? I mean, did the Lord give you 100% of your salary? Well, so how much is, does, does, is, he, is he worthy of receiving? 100%. I mean, in my heart, he's, he's worthy of 100%, right? And um, if you go back and again, look at the, why, why was there a tithe in the Old Testament? Why did they tithe? When, if you look at the, the primary purpose of the tithe, it's not the only one, but the primary purpose of tithe was to support the, the tribe of Levi. The tribe of Levi was the ministers, right? They, they were not given any land from the promised land. There was 12, 12 tribes, 11 tribes got uh, inheritance of the promised land, physical land, right? This land belongs to you. This is the land of Dan, land of Judah, land of, you know, uh, all the other guys' names, right? Anybody know all the 12 names, you know? <laughs> Ephraim, Manasseh, right? Uh, and so uh, Reuben, Gad, Dan, right? I think I said Dan. Uh, anyway, the 12 guys there. But the tribe of Levi got no, got no land. So they had no land to grow crops. They had no land to, to uh, raise cattle. So they had no, because there was an agricultural society, right? So that's how they made money, right? I grow crops. I sell corn to you. I sell a cow to you. I do this. I make income. I then take that money. I go buy more seed or I can buy, you know, that's, that, it's just commerce, right? Normal commerce. But the Levites had no land. And so the Lord said, you take a tithe of all that you have and you go give it to the tribe of Levi. They'll divide it up by themselves and they'll eat. They'll use that to eat, right? Well, don't the ministers need to eat today? I mean, why is it, uh, I, I, you know, I never have understood what the, uh, what the argument against it was because really in my heart, tithing is kind of, uh, and we're not here to talk about tithing, but, but tithing is just kind of entry level and, and I've always been desired to give. From, from early on in my uh, from the very first time that I got saved, you know, I've always been a giver. And, and so, and don't regret any of it, right? Uh, I don't regret a single thing. I know after my pastor died, somebody came up and said to me, he said these words, and I thought they were really odd. He said, don't you wish you had all that money back that you gave to him? Can you imagine saying that? Like, well, why did I give it to him to begin with? I don't, you know, and so, um, so be, beware of anybody who says, You've got to do these things and meet my qualifications in order to be saved or in order to, to advance your life in the, in the spirit. You know, you've got to be, you know, you have to have this degree, uh, you know, whatever it is, right? Uh, I know uh, one person told me one time, they said, uh, they said, if you can do anything, if you have any skills or talents in this earth, right, whatever it is, right? And of course, they're talking to me, so they're implying or acknowledging that, that I have a degree in engineering, Right? Uh, and so, <clears throat> I said, uh, if, you have any, if you have any ability, you are unqualified to be a minister. So that's the same, same exact thing as this, except it's the reverse, right? Because now my natural, uh, is there any super, anything supernatural about engineering? Sometimes we think it is, right? But uh, it's not, right? It's just a natural. I mean, engineering is basically understanding how the world works from a mathematical standpoint and taking advantage of that. Use that to our advantage to it, it, to advance our civilization, uh, and so and it's what engineers do, uh, and and so because I'm an engineer, I am therefore unqualified to be a minister. Well, then that, that's the same thing, except in reverse, right? Beware of the concession. Beware of the people who say so. So 
uh, in his uh, description of what qualifies you to be a minister is no, no natural degree, no natural abilities. You are either dumb as a rock or, you know, uh, just never gone to college. I mean, I, you know, and of course, I knew, I knew the person telling me that he was of the opinion that you got to be dumb as a rock, right? Uh, from an academic, uh, poor academic. He cheated his way all through school. So only people who could cheat could be ministers. That doesn't make any sense. Does that make any sense to anybody in the world? Unless you're a cheater in school, you can't be a minister. Well, that, but that's, what, that's really what he's saying. But, you know, you don't, if he said it like that, it'd sound really dumb. But, you know, you, you wrap it up in these fiery-sounding spiritual words of, of well, you know, if, you're, if you can do anything. Because what he's saying is, if God blessed you over here, then he wants you to be that way the rest of your life. And you can't do anything else. <clears throat> but that just that doesn't make any sense, right? I mean, was Paul a tent maker? You reckon he made pretty good tents? I mean, wasn't Jesus a carpenter? I mean, as far as we know. We don't know for sure. We know that his dad was a carpenter, but he was probably a carpenter. He was the oldest son, you know, and, and uh, we don't know when Joseph died, but uh, he probably picked up the trade, you know, because he, he wouldn't minister until he was 30. He was probably a carpenter. Uh, and I think it's pretty reasonable to say he was a carpenter. You reckon he was a pretty good carpenter? I'd say he's pretty good. You know, just, just imagine how much we could sell something that says made by Jesus on eBay for, right? Uh, flip it over, made by Jesus. Wow, you know, we go for a lot of money, right? Uh, and so, but did he walk away from that profession to go do something else? He did. Uh, and so, you know, it, it's, uh, uh, you just be careful, but when anybody prescri- prescribes to you, here's the natural things that you must do in order to be saved, uh, just run, right? He said, beware. Be aware that these things are going on. Are they still going on? 100% still going on, right? And nothing's changed. Uh, this will go on until Jesus returns and he, and he straightens everything out. Uh, but, uh, but Paul is saying, look, as far as, um, as circumcision goes, let, let's turn over to, to Romans chapter, uh, chapter 2. So we know that circumcision was originally uh, a token, right, of the covenant that Abraham made uh, with God, right? And, of course, you know, uh, it's uh, something only the male uh, gender of a species can do, right? Uh, all the women said, thank God for that, right? Uh, and so, but, um, let's see what I said. Yeah, did I say Romans chapter 2? Yeah, Romans chapter 2. It says in verse 29, but he is a Jew which is one uh, inwardly. Uh, well, let's, let's back up a little bit. Um, um, let's start, I mean, you can just go so far back here, right? So, um, okay, let's just start in verse 17. It says, behold, thou art called a Jew and... Uh, restest in the law and maketh thy boast in God. And of course, this is exactly what Paul is fixing to start talking about, but he has no confidence in the flesh. Uh, you're called a Jew and you boast uh, that, uh, and because uh, you have faith in the law, you boast in that. Um, uh, and knowing his will and proofs of things that are more excellent, being instructed out of law and art confident that thou thyself art a guide unto the blind, a light unto them which are in darkness. Uh, and he, he comes on down to uh, uh, the verse 25. For circumcision barely profiteth if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. So uh, the thing I love about Paul, you know, being, of course, Paul was a Jew. He was a Pharisee. He, he grew up in this, right? He grew up in this mentality. He grew up in this, this, this philosophy of, you know, uh, where the Jews oftentimes would take something that was that was perfectly natural and elevate it to become something that it was never intended to be right just like the sabbath right keep the sabbath holy 
well, should we keep the Sabbath holy? Should we rest on the Sabbath? I mean, yeah. I mean, even today, is there any reason why we shouldn't rest at least on, on occasion? I mean, we should rest. I mean, if, if, if God said to rest, then we should rest. Amen? You can't work uh, seven days a week. I mean, some people try, right? Uh, and they, they all check out early from this natural world. Uh, but the Jews elevated the Sabbath to be, I mean, something equal with God. And Jesus like, said, look, I, I made the Sabbath. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. If the boys are hungry and, and they're walking through a field, it's okay if they eat. No big deal. And the Jews were just like, oh. Yeah. And, and that was the way they were. So oftentimes, they take every natural thing and elevate it to a, 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 something so beyond where it was originally intended to that they lost all sight of, of the, purpose, the original purpose for it. The original purpose of the circumcision was a token, a sign that I am a covenant uh, man of God. And that was it. Leave it at that. It's just a sign. It's just a token. And really, water baptism is today's circumcision. It's a sign. It's a token that I am a, a child of the living God. It's not, uh, it's not a requirement. The, the, the covenant with God and Abraham was made between them. As soon as Abraham said yes, the covenant was sealed. And Elizabeth said, okay, I just, just as a testimony, I want you to go get circumcised so people know that, uh, that we, we've got a covenant agreement. Uh, and, and when we get saved and we accept the Lord Jesus... He said, well, I want you to go get water baptized as a testimony and a sign to tell people that you've been saved. Uh, and that's really all, all there is to it. It's, not, uh, it's a valuable, good thing to do, uh, but we don't need to elevate it beyond that. And so he said, um, you, you're thinking that your that you're circumcision, verse 25, that your circumcision is the whole thing. He said, but if you, if you don't keep the law, you're, you might as well not be circumcised at all because you're violating the whole the contract is the law, right? Therefore, the circumcision to keep the righteousness of the law shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision. And so, you know, you start getting into circular logic here. It starts getting really complicated. But uh, And shall not uncircumcision, which by nature is, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, uh, who by the letter and circumcision doth transgress the law. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. So that's the whole point of all this discussion about the circumcision. Uh, he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not of the letter whose praise is not of men but of God. So, so Paul, uh, you know, th- these verses right here, of course, he wrote, he wrote these verses to the Romans, right? If he wrote this to, to, the, to the Jews at Jerusalem, there would have been a civil war, right? It took them a while to, to actually get a copy of, this, uh, of the book of Romans, right, down into Israel. But this right here does away with thousands of years of bragging rights of the Jewish nation. We are circumcised. Only we can be circumcised. Nobody else could be circumcised. It's only for us. And Paul said, you missed the whole thing. You missed the whole thing. Because the circumcision, uh, the original circumcision was a token, a sign of what happened in your heart. That Abraham said, I was, uh, I was a moon worshiper. I worshiped, you know, I was in the Ur of Chaldees and I worshiped the moon. People are dumb. I mean, we're of a moon. That's it, right? We've been there. There's nothing there, right? It's only made out of cheese. I mean, why would you, why would you worship that, right? But people, people are dumb, right? We'll worship anything. Trees, you know, rocks, water, whatever, air, Mother Earth, right? Mother Earth, don't you love that? You know, Mother Earth. She ain't my mama, right? Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I knew my mama. It wasn't Mother Earth, right? Uh, and so, but, but he's wiping away thousands of years of Jewish history right here and you know they'd be really mad at that 
and, and Paul was really good about kicking all their golden caps. Uh, and so he's not a Jew, which is one outwardly. So basically he's saying, look, all these Jewish people in the nation of Israel, uh, in fact, other times he said, uh, in, I think it's over in chapter 9, that, that everyone that's in Israel is not of Israel, right? In other words, he's saying this thing right here. Just because you're physically inside the country and you physically have had uh, this event done to you called circumcision doesn't really mean that you, that you follow the Lord with your heart. Uh, and so he said, uh, he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. Well, then that makes all of us in this building more Jewish than, than, than probably the majority of Jews, right? Because the majority of Jews don't believe in the Messiah. We believe in the Messiah, right? So we are actually more Jewish than, than the actual Jewish people, right? And that means we have to wear a little yarmulke now, right? And grow a little uh, hair down on, on our... Uh, they got different groups of, of Jewish people depending on where, which group you're in. Uh, we don't have to do any of that, right? Uh, because we're a Jew. In other words, the Jew is a, a covenant uh, member of the household of God. Right? That's the Jew. The, the Jewish person is the one who has a covenant relationship with God. And he said that, 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 that we are one, if you're one in the because circumcision is that of the heart, right? Because remember, the prophecy in the Old Testament, and I'll just read this, but in Ezekiel uh, 36, he said in verse 26, he said, A new heart also will I give unto you, a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart. I, uh, in other words, he was going to cut away the old stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. So that's circumcision right there. When he, when he cuts away the old heart, and he gives you a new heart, that is the spiritual circumcision that we all go through as Christians. Right? When we accept the Lord Jesus, he said, old things have uh, uh, passed away, all things have become new. So, uh, uh, and that's, that's really the, the life of the Christian, right? That, that we are new on the inside. And we may not, new on, may not be new on the outside. You know, if we were ugly before, we're, good chance we're still ugly, right? You know, it's unfortunate, but, you know, maybe some makeup can work, can work on that, right? Or, you know, whatever. I mean, uh, do whatever you want to, I don't care, right? Uh, but... <clears throat> So uh, these things, uh, in, in Ezekiel, he said, and I will give you a heart of flesh in verse 27. He said, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statue and you shall, be my, you shall keep my judgments and do them. So verse 27 again is uh, the key to all of redemption, right? Verse 27 is why redemption occurred, to get the spirit of God on the inside of us. That was everything, the cross, everything, the thousands of years of prophets and, and Moses, everybody, all about getting verse 27 into us, right? That was it. That was the whole end game of redemption is that verse right there, right? Is to get the Spirit of God uh, on the inside of us, right? Because he said uh, that he was going to give us a, a heart of flesh, right? In other words, we're going to get a new spirit, uh, uh, will I put within him? But uh, the new spirit in verse 26 comes before him putting his spirit, I will put my spirit within you. So we have to have the new spirit first, and then we have to have his spirit come into us and, and that's the new, the new birth, right? And that is the plan of everything, right? That's what God wanted the Jewish nation to, to be caretakers because they had, the, I mean, where, where is Ezekiel 36 found? Right after Ezekiel 35, right? <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's in the Old Testament, right? So, so who, who, who were the carriers of that? Who were the caretakers of those words? The Jews were. The Jews should have, they knew these verses, right? They've been in there forever. Uh, and of course, when, you know, it's easy for us. We look at, oh yeah, I know what that means. When they read, they go, well, what's that mean? What's the spirit? I don't know what that means, right? I had no concept of that. Uh, and so, uh, but instead of 
allowing Paul to get the revelation and go, that's what that means. They get mad at Paul and, and bury him, right? They try to kill him so many times because they had built up all these, all, all these rules and regulations that there's no way that it's really hard for people like Jewish people to get saved oftentimes because they, they've, they've got all these traditions. It's really hard for some people like in the Roman Catholic Church to get out of the Roman Catholic Church because they've got all these rules and regulations of things. And, and even, you know, there was a, a friend of mine, uh, they went to the First Church of Doubt and Unbelief uh, and, and it's a terrible church, right? To get up every day pulpit, God doesn't do miracles. God won't heal you. God doesn't speak to you. You know, you can't even know if you're going to get saved. Well, how do you know? When you die, if, if Peter opens the gates, you made it. If Peter doesn't open the gates, it's too bad. I mean, that's the deal, right? You never know. You can't know. There's no way you can know. But I can guarantee you, if you don't come to my church, you definitely can't go. But if you do come to my church, you got a shot. Not a good shot, but you got a shot, right? Uh, and, and so... I'm like, well, why are you still going to church there? You know, they got, they got saved, got spirit-filled, talking in tongues, you know. Look, I'm not mad at anybody, but, well, you know, they, they receive communion every, every Sunday. I can't imagine going to church that they don't receive communion every Sunday. And, you know, we don't. We receive communion once a month. And, and you don't do it every Sunday? No. Well, I, I can't go to church there. Really? I'm going to tell you that God will bless you and do supernatural, miraculous things in your life anytime you need it. And He loves you more than more than the air you breathe, you know. I mean, it's, he'll do anything for you anytime. He'll speak to you, show you things to come, you know, supernaturally every day. But yeah, we don't receive you, so we don't eat, eat dry bread every week. Yeah, sorry, can't go there. But, but it's okay for the stand up pulpit and say, God will kill you, right? You just never know when your time's up. You don't know if you can make it to heaven, uh, but you're going to do all these things. Um, that doesn't make any sense, right? Tradition. I mean, that tradition, it's, it's exactly that thing, right? Beware of those who say you've got to do these things, right? Because it will, it will hold you, it will put you in bondage, and you will follow that. You, you know, e- even when I was with my pastor, we'd gotten way out of balance. I mean, way, I mean, just, you know, nothing wrong with loving your church, right? Nothing wrong with loving your pastor. I mean, it's probably a good thing. I would encourage you, love your pastor, right? Uh, but nothing wrong with that. But you can get out of balance where... Uh, they would say things like, I get everything I need from my pastor. Really? I thought Ephesians 4.11 says that he gave us the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, teacher. How many of those is the pastor? That'd be one, right? One out of uh, five is 20%. So now I do expose you all to, to other ministries. We're bringing them in here, right? You know, but, but I'm not going to say you can't listen to nobody about me. That'd be foolish, right? Uh, and so... Because the word of God clearly is, is, uh, is different than that statement, right? Uh, and so, uh, in fact, one person told me one time, um, they said, if you leave this church, you'll die. They told me those words. If you leave this church, you'll die. Now, that's, that's pretty tough right there, right? If, and, and there were many people in that church who believed that. That if you leave this, if you live, not my, this church, right, my pastor's church, that, that was with him. Now, I, I never left, you know, I stayed with him. But I did not leave because I was afraid to not leave, you know. Uh, uh, I'm saying that now because, you know, you know <laughs> it's easy to save them cheat seats, right? But um, uh, I, I stayed because it was the will of God for me to stay. And, and if, it, if it was ever the will of God for me not to stay, and it, at one point it was. Five months after he passed, the Lord said it's time to go. And so we left. Uh, and... I mean, that's been 17 years. We're still doing well. In fact, I'm doing better now than I've ever done in my life, you know, in every way, in, every, in any measurement. Uh, and so, but they start saying things like that. 
if you leave this church, you will die. You know, just, when people say things like that, they are the circumcision. Right? They, and Paul said, beware. Beware of anybody who says that, right? Beware not. Now, in my opinion, I think this is a great church. I think people get faith and increase in their life and, and advance in their walk with the Lord here. But is this the best church in the world? How would I know? I haven't been to every church in the world, right? Uh, and so uh, if I would say that, then I'm saying that you can't, you can't be successful unless you come to this church. Well, that's just not, that just can't be so, right? Uh, and so, uh, and, then, uh, and then he said in Galatians chapter 3, uh, at the end of the chapter, verse 29, he said, If you be in Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So really today, all of us in this building right now are more Jewish than, than pretty much every Jew that there is, right? And we're not against Jewish people at all, right? We want them all to understand that there's a Messiah and get saved. And I don't know how, I mean, I, I can't comprehend how as a good student of the Hebrew uh, words of the Old Testament, of course, we call it Old Testament. They're like, it's not Old Testament. It's just, a, it's just you know, it, it's, 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 our, it's our book, right? They don't like to call it the Old Testament. And I'm not trying to belittle, belittle it by calling the Old Testament, just what we call it. Uh, but I can't imagine how they can't read Ezekiel 36, 27 and say, well, that's, that's the church. That's literally the church, right? Uh, and get saved, right? So Paul was saying, look, if you, if you will allow yourself to be circumcised in the heart and allow the Lord to, you know, of course, you, if you're here, you know, I'm assuming you're saved, but, uh, but have allowed the Lord to cut that old heart out of you and put a new heart in you, and to receive Jesus, then he said that makes you more Jewish than anybody, right? Because it's circumcision of the heart, right? He wants to take that old heart out, put the new heart in. Uh, and so he said, beware. So he's telling the Philippians, as now we can go back to, to the book of Philippians there. He's telling the Philippians, uh, the Philippians were a, a um, Gentile church, right? They were a church not of the Jewish nation. Uh, and so, but the Jews were, were really, really jealous of Paul. Everywhere he traveled, uh, because Paul had such a, you know, he, he was preaching literally the, the gospel, right? The good news. And doing signs and wonders as well. Uh, and by doing that, he would gather lots of people, right? Uh, and uh, the, the Jews were jealous of that, you know, because they'd have, you know, whatever people they have on, on, the, on the Sabbath at the synagogues. And Paul would go grab, you know, 600 people immediately. And so they got, they got jealous of Paul, uh, even though, you know, Paul had good credentials with him. Uh, and so uh, he said, beware of that. And, it, and of course, then he continues on there in verse uh, 3 there. We, for we are the circumcision. And that word are there, it, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's some, some of the verbs in, uh, in especially the Greek language, but it's also in the Hebrew language. Uh, it's not just like we are in this moment. It's like we are and we, and we continue to be. And that's really what this word is uh, right here. It's. For we are and we continue to be the circumcision. So it's a continuous action. It's not, it didn't just happen at your new birth when you accepted Jesus. It's who you are today. And we worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Uh, and so, so we, uh, we worship God in the spirit. So, and we know, where did, where did uh, Jesus say that about that? Anybody remember? Who was he talking to when he said that? Anybody know? It's on a test. I'm just waiting, stalling until I get over there, right? Uh, over in, in um, John chapter 4, 
Now, this is the woman at the well. And, um, you know, the, uh, what do we know about the woman at the well? How many times she been married? She said 50. <laughs> She's been married five times, right? And uh, uh, was she married to the person that she was with right now? No, he wasn't, right? Uh, did Jesus condemn her? Uh, and, uh, uh, and was he mad at her? No, he, he preached the whole gospel to her, right? Receive me, right? Uh, and, and he said here, that's not the point of, of tonight, but, uh, but he said uh, in um, verse 21, he said, Woman, believe me, uh, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, you know no what. So she was a Samaritan, right? Uh, so the Samaritans were, were half-breeds. You know, they would typically have like a Jewish father and a, and a Gentile mother. And, and, and so they were really looked down upon it because Jews, you know, like to be pure, right? So that we don't want this you know, mixing of races or anything like that, you know. Uh, and so, so they would try to worship God, you know, even though they, they weren't actually of the Jewish nation. And, and, and so he, Jesus said, you know, you're worshiping, but you don't really know what you're worshiping because we're with Jehovah God over here. You guys separated yourself. Uh, not that the Jews didn't help them separate them. But he said, we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. And that right there, the end of that verse, is it, that was always the plan for God. Was that salvation was supposed to come from the Jews. Right, the Jewish were the caretakers of the covenant. They were supposed to receive Jesus as the Messiah. And then every evangelist for the first century is supposed to be Jewish. And then after that, when, the, when all the Gentiles came in, then it would start getting mixed and, and it would be fine, right? But, but the intent was that, that, that salvation was supposed to be of the Jews, right? That they were the ones, the carriers uh, of the gospel message. Uh, and he said, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the, the Father in spirit. So, um, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. So he's saying, really, up to this point in time, up to, up to John chapter 4, there has really not been any real worship to the Lord. Right? David danced before the Lord with all his might. Right? They had timbrels and, and music and stuff in the Old Testament. I mean, we got the whole book of Psalms. But uh, they worship God. Remember, David worshiped the Lord with all of his might, right? Well, what realm does that might reside in? Might is your physical strength, right? So he, he worshiped God with his physical strength. Well, that's in the natural realm. We don't worship God with all of our might, right? I mean, we love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But we worship him in the spirit. Uh, and, and that's one, uh, one of the best things, of course, in... in, in um, and I, and I encourage you all to do this, too, on a regular basis. But, you know, we're really picky about the songs we sing here, right? My goal is not to have a rock and roll uh, service going on, right? Uh, and, and, you know, it, it kind of breaks my heart because a lot of times churches will say, well, we need to, we need to um, uh, get the youth in here. So we're going to play some long hair, headbanging kind of music, you know, rock and roll music. I mean, I went to one church... And, and they sing, you know that song, it's a secular song. It makes me want to shout, you know, raise my hands up and, and shout. I don't know how the words go, right? But we're, uh, we're yeah, uh, we'll get Tracy to you. Know, probably knows all the words, right? Uh, and, uh, and you're not condemned if you know the words. It's okay, right? Now, uh, we all listen to songs before we got saved, right? Uh, but anyway, and so uh, they're singing that song. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm like, did, did, where did, what happened? I mean, a minute ago, everything was good, but now we're singing a song, you know, and, and um, we were in another church one time. They sang a couple of songs. Everything was fine. They had a stage there, and, and they had, you know, four or five singers and stuff, 
and they, they, they got done with the song, and the whole group left the stage, left the room, gone. Something I said, you know. I mean, I, did I forget to put a mint, you know, before before I started singing, right? I mean, the mint's right there. In fact, I'm going to have one now. I mean, uh, and then a couple minutes later, they all came back. But they all came back, and they were wearing these onesies, like these jumpers, right? And they playing this. Then they started playing this rap music. Uh, and, and you know, I mean, I'm not a big fan of rap music to begin with, right? But then they started, you know. Bumping and grinding and, I mean, you know, doing things in the natural. It's like, uh, you know, I'm looking at it. it did, is this like happy hour? Did I miss something? I mean, did we suddenly turn into the bar? I mean, that really happened at a church, right? Uh, and, and they're, they're, they're uh, doing the break dancing, you know. I mean, literally on the ground, dancing, right? Now, this really happened in church. And I'm like, now what are they, why are they doing that? To worship God, not in the Spirit. Right, to worship God in the natural to, to appease everybody's flesh. But see, I just, you know, now, it's a little bit of a theory to me, but I don't think it's a theory. I think it's what the, what the Word provides is whether you're young or old, you have a spirit. And when you, when you yield to your spirit, whether you're young or old, you are drawn to the spirit. That's how you got saved. You were drawn to the spirit. And, and if the church would sing spiritual songs... Right now, they can be fast, they can be slow, right? The tempo doesn't matter. And, and, and even the style doesn't matter. Uh, you know, when, when, when I first got uh, with my pastor, you know, I mean, I, I was young at one time. I liked a lot of Christian rock and roll. I got to grow up after a while, right? You know, I, just, I don't really like this, you know? Uh, and, and then when I got with my pastor, he liked, you know, like kind of like Southern Gospel, quartet kind of songs. Not a big fan, right? Just not, a, just not really a big fan of that, you know? And, uh, and it took me a while because, you know, I'd, ha- I'd hit play because I'm the sound man. Right? I'd hit play, but it, it, was, it was really hard to hit play. And I would do it, but it was a, some, you know, it paused. Like, you know, I'd do it, you know. But then what I realized after a while, it, it wasn't that he liked this style or that style. What he liked was anointed music. And once I understood that, then it was easy, right? Okay, then I could find anointed music, right? Because, you know, there's just... There, there's some songs that even now are anointed that we've, we've sung for years, right? And they're still anointed. And even some, even stuff from Charles Wesley, right? I mean, he wrote this in 1800s or so, even 1700s. They're still anointed, amen? Now, some of the other guys, uh, you know, embalmed with doubt and unbelief. But, <clears throat> uh, but a lot of the songs are still anointed. In other words, they, they usher in the, sp- the Spirit of God, right? They bring in the presence of God. Uh, and so, you know, what I, what I encourage everybody to do when we sing is not just, you know, mouth the words and, 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 you know, make sure you keep the tempo and make sure you're clapping on the right beat because, you know, sometimes it's a 1-3 beat, sometimes it's a 2-4 beat. Anybody know? Uh, Trace probably knows. Who, who decides that, right? Is there like a law that this song's a 2-4 song, that song's a 1-3 song? I mean, who do, I always have to, you know, look at Chris, you know, because she knows, she knows. I don't know how she knows, but she knows. Yeah. And so it's not about the song. It's about yielding to the Spirit because Jesus said they'll worship Him in spirit and in truth, Right? So what you want to do when you're singing is learn how to yield yourself to the Spirit of God. And what you'll find is that you will get enveloped in the presence of God on a regular basis during worship. And he, he, he wants us to do that because it trains us to recognize the presence of God. So that when we're out at Walmart or out, you know, getting gas in our car, he said, beware of the, of the concision, right? Beware of the... That's how, that's how you are able to be aware is the Spirit of God. And you go... That guy right there, 
you need to run. This guy over here, it's okay to talk to him, right? So you can be aware of your life and circumstances. And you can be trained by that, by, by learning how to worship the Lord. Now, because if you're worshiping the Lord and you really yield yourself fully to worshiping the Lord, how many cares uh, of the world are you thinking about at that moment? None. Are they still there? Are they going to be there before, during, after the song? Well, sure. But by faith, you can say, well, Lord, you're going to take care of that because I cast all those cares on you. I'm going to spend time in worshiping you. So, so, that's, so Jesus said, the hour come, and now is. The true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. And, and the, for the Father seeketh such, the Father seeketh such to worship him. And you think about that. He, he's looking for these, these kind of people to worship him. Now, if I get up and say, you know, but we still need to get the youth in here. So we have to sing a couple rock and roll songs. You know, but if they're anointed, if they really are anointed. In other words, anointed means that when you hit that first note, the Spirit of God is pleased and He comes in, dwells in, that, in the midst of that song. That's anointed, right? You can sense it. If you hit that first note and the Spirit of God goes down the street and takes a left, that is not anointed. It doesn't matter if all the youth go, yeah, you know, whatever they're you know, doing. Flip, no, we, I was going to say turn a lighter on, but that's oh, take your take your light now on your phone, right? Because now it used to be a lighter, right? I never actually went to a concert like that, but I've heard about people did that stuff like that. But now you put, turn your light on in your phone, right? Who cares? Uh, and, and the problem with that is that right there, by teaching the youth to do that, now you have taught them that what matters is don't worship God in the spirit, worship God in the flesh. And now I, I'm just convinced, 100% convinced that. If we will walk in the Spirit, we will draw as many people as we need to in this ministry, in this church, right? I'm not going to compromise because to me, I don't care what the song we sing as long as it's anointed, right? Fast song, I mean, we've got some, we've got some you know, different styles of songs and, and it, I don't care. I, I really don't care. I listen to it, so, okay, that's anointed, we'll do it. And I listen to others like, you know, sometimes it's like almost anointed, right? It's anointed except for that one phrase. It's like, wow, if they could just not have that one phrase in the song, it'd be so good, you know, but sometimes they, you know, they, they can't help themselves, right? I mean, everything's so good, and then one, one song, I mean, it's, it's such a good song, and then, then one, one line says, uh, uh, well, I forget what it says, something about uh, when I was lost, uh, you found who I am, or something like that. I, I didn't know who I was, or, I don't know, it was just a really dumb, dumb line in there, you know? Uh, it's like the line we talked about the other day about, uh, Lord, don't, don't move the mountain now. Uh, just give me the strength to go up it, you know, walk up or something. It's just, it, that, doesn't that sound spiritual, right? I mean, it probably even, it's a tearjerker. Oh, that's me right there, Lord. I just think I get up the mountain. I just, I give it. And the Lord's like, it, it's distasteful to him because it doesn't worship his greatness. His greatness says, you speak to the mountain. That's the, that's the greatness of God. That's the greatness of the God I serve. And that's, he said, he's seeking that. Now, has he found it? He's found it here, but does he find it everywhere? You know, if, if you've got to compromise and play unanointed songs, unspiritual songs, to draw unspiritual people, you're going to end up with unspiritual people or the unspiritual church. And, and I even had somebody tell me, they, they said these exact words, and I didn't respond to it, but they, they said, you can't argue with success. And I'm thinking, you're exactly right. But, how are we going to measure success? See, their measure was how many seats are full. My measure is how many mountains have you destroyed recently? Right. Oh, yeah, six just yesterday. Then, then that's successful. I ain't never got rid of a single mountain in my whole life. 
Well, that is unsuccessful. If you can't get rid of a single mountain, then you are unsuccessful. Uh, but, but, we, but you're in our chair. You're sitting in my chair, right? And, and so, what, to me, I would just feel like such a failure as a minister is if my only success is that seat is full. That's if my only measure of success is that seat is full. I, if you're completely a complete failure in your spiritual life, I don't care as long as that seat is full. That just, I just, I can't get there, right? And I don't, I don't think you can get, I don't think you can have both, right? Uh, I don't think you can compromise and be successful at the same time, right? Uh, I think you can, it's perfectly fine to have all the chairs full and to still cause people to be victorious, right? The, the church at Jerusalem had 80,000 people. We'd be okay with 80,000 people here, right? I uh, just, uh, Jesus said the Father in, in heaven is seeking, seeking people who are willing to yield to his spirit in worship. Uh, and, and and not do it, you know, not do it the uh, the way that the world does it. Amen. Uh, and uh, I mean, how many how many times have you been to church and they just sing the worst songs, right? Just the worst songs. And, and you know, it's funny because people, you know, I, I just don't care, right? But some people say, you know, we don't we don't we don't do like Hillsong, you know, Hillsong, and you know, we don't do songs like that, you know, because they're all wrong, you know. I mean. Really? Every song they've ever sung is wrong? I mean, that just can't be so, because I've heard plenty of good songs, right? Bethel, we don't do Bethel, you know, we don't do that. You know, in Elevation Worship, you know, we don't do that either, right? I, I don't care, you know. I, I mean, I have the time I tell, hey, Chris, what's, can we sing that song? What's it called? I don't know what it's called. It's, it's just, you know, it's got the word Easter in it, you know. Okay, oh, well, that helps, right? You know, and, and it's, it's the aim, it's, it, you know. Uh, Jared and Chris laugh at me all the time. Like, well, it's that song, you know, that song. It goes like, and of course, I, I try to say a few words and then it, it makes it worse because it's like, hey, no song sounds like that anywhere. Uh, and so, but, but the Lord always provides and he finds, he helps them find what the song is because I know what it is. Uh, it, you know, it's their problem that they don't know what that song is. Uh, and so I say, hey, we'll sing that song. Uh, and, you know, sometimes we'll sing a song. So, it, well, you know, we, it sounds pretty good, you know, and we get up here and we sing it. It's like, that, that ain't it. And we may only sing a song one time, right? And that's okay. Now, hopefully you don't go, I can't believe they sang that song. Uh, look, we're all doing our best up here, right? Uh, and uh, if, you, if you're going to get mad because of a song, you know, <laughs> it just, you know we, had, we, had a, we had a lady uh, come by. This was years ago. We had a camp meeting here at the church. And, and um, so, so she came and um, she said, can I sing a special? I didn't know her, right? I never met her before that day, you know. And and so, uh, Jesus said, "He, the Father is seeking true worshipers, right?" So, am I going to just let anybody get up get up here to usher in the presence of God? And there's no way, right? There's no way. Uh, and so I thought, well, I'm the, I'm not opposed to anybody. You know, you want to raise your hand and sing? You know, okay, let's talk about it, right? And so I thought, well, I'll have a conversation with her. See, you know. Because sometimes you don't know until you talk to somebody. You know, the Spirit of God inside of you will go, yeah, you know, you know let them go. You know, take a chance on them. Okay, fine, right? Uh, and so I thought, well, I'll talk to her. And she said, well, you know, devil's got my son. Devil's been on me all week long. You know, devil, 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 devil. You know, devil's so hard. It's such a hard life, you know. And, and it's, you know, I'm doing the best I can, but I'm not really being successful. And, and this was the whole, you know, I only said hi. That was the last thing, I, last time I breathed, you know. You know that she spent the rest of the time telling me all about the devil. I'm thinking, there's no way. There's no way you're going to get up. Because what would you sing? I mean, kiss an angel good morning, right? I mean, I mean uh, would you, what, would you, uh, what would you sing? If that's, if that's your testimony of how hard the devil has been on you all week long, what would you sing? I mean, you know, 
I don't know. And so, so now I, didn't, I never did say anything to her. I just, you know, I, I didn't say yes or no. I just, you know, uh, I just went on. And, 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 um, and so, of course, I didn't, and I didn't ask her to come up and sing. And so she called and, and left a voicemail. It's the only voicemail I've ever recorded on my phone. I still got it on my phone, right? Uh, this is so-and-so. I just want you to know I'm so offended that I didn't get to sing. And I'm never coming back to your church again. It's only been there one time. And I'm thinking, praise God, you know, we missed that whole bullet. I mean, that's just, you know how much drama that would be? You know how much drama she would get if she demanded that she got to sing? And she can't sing a lick, you know, or can't sing anything to, to worship the Lord, right, in spirit and truth? You know, you know how much drama would be all the time? You know, why don't you let me sing? Because you're a terrible singer, right? Because you, can't, because you don't know anything about faith. You don't know what the Spirit of God would look like if he handed you in a, in a, in a bucket, you know? Uh, and so, because uh, that's what that's Paul said, we worship in the Spirit, right? In the Spirit. And we, you know, we can't overemphasize that too much because it's such a valuable time to learn the presence of God, to learn his, what it feels like. And when I say feel, I don't mean naturally, I just mean so your, your spirit knows what it's like to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so it's not a small thing. To me, it's a big thing. It's a big part of our ministry is, is the songs that we sing. Amen? Uh, and so and that's why, you know, I mean, Chris does all the, all the praise and worship here. You know, we're believing God to have a whole, we'd love to have a whole band, right? I mean, when, when we were with my pastor, she was one of like six horn players. Uh, just, you know, like, uh, multiple, sax, like three different saxophones, two trumpets, a trombone, a clarinet, a flute. Uh, you know, just the horns, you know, in a church, only like 150 people. That's a lot of, lot of horns just for, uh, we went to church of a thousand people, not that many horns, right? And Chris is good. You go to, he's a good horn. That's really her favorite, her favorite instrument is a saxophone, you know. She plays piano because that's necessary, but she, she uh, uh, you know, uh, we may have to go to some marriage counseling because she's, uh, she's having an affair with her saxophone there. She loves it, you know, and she's exceptional. She's a saxophone player. Uh, and so, She's really good at it and loves playing it. Uh, and so, you know, we're not, it's not like we don't want anybody else to, to be on the praise and worship team. We've had other people over the years be on it. Uh, but we're really picky, amen? Uh, and just, um, we won't get into all the drama. The others. Uh, anybody ever played on the praise and worship team or run sound or anything like that? You know, there, there's just super talented people sometimes can be super drama people too. They don't have to be, but oftentimes they are, right? Uh, and, um, you know, I could tell you lots of stories because uh, I would observe, you know, being a sound man, I get to observe all those things, right? Uh, and, um, but that's, that, those are stories for another day, right? Uh, but we'll, we will continue uh, with worshiping God in the Spirit, amen? Because uh, that's who the Father is seeking. You think about that. He's looking. And, and when we raise our hands, uh, you know, your, your ability to, to, uh, to sing on a particular note is not a requirement for the Lord to be pleased, Amen? And I'm thankful to that because uh, I would be unqualified uh, if, that was, if that was necessary. So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we thank you for the word of God. And Father, we thank you that we can be uh, spirit worshipers, Father, to you. And allow your presence to, to engulf us, Father, to live in your presence. So that we can train ourselves to know what it's like to be in your presence. Uh, so that uh, uh, all the days of our life, whether we're in church or out of church, we can know the, the sweet presence of your spirit in our lives. And Father, we thank you for that. And we give you all the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive this evening's offering. And um, we thank the Lord for the opportunity to give. Amen. And um, uh, 
you know, for, for me, it's never, it's never an issue to give. I mean, it's never an issue when an offering is received. Amen. I know sometimes the church, the church as a whole has gotten out of balance in that. But we should never see it as a, uh, as a negative. Come ahead, Mr. Jared. For me personally, I just do what's in my heart and I leave the rest of it alone, right? It doesn't matter if somebody is, is saying things they ought not say, uh, doing things they ought not do. Um, you know, I'll tell you this story real quick and, and then we'll go. It's okay. Uh, <clears throat> I, in fact, I was thinking about the story about a week or two ago. I thought, I need to, it was a story from Brother Hagen. I thought, I need to get that story because I, I wanted to get, make sure I got the things correct because I thought, I, I need to, and I just happened to play a message from him. Now look, I've got 3,000 Brother Hagen messages and I hit play and it was that message right there. Uh, and so it, it was the right message, right? Uh, but uh, the, the, the story was that because uh, he was a church not, like a, not unlike ours right there on a main drag and, and, and uh, uh, the bus pulls up and drops off uh, an evangelist, a traveling evangelist. And, and uh, he said, hey, you want to preach? He said, no, I don't want to preach. I'm fine, you know. But the Lord told him, he said, now you, you give that fella $12.50, which was, you know, he only got paid like $30 a month at that time, right? So $12.50 is like a, like a third of his whole paycheck for the month, right? Uh, and, and, um, and he didn't even preach. And, of course, he's arguing with the Lord the whole time, but, you know, but finally he, he relents and does it, right? Okay, Lord, I'll do it. And, and then uh, not hardly uh, many weeks from there, another fellow came by and, um, and, and, was, and preached for him. And the Lord said, you give him $10. So the second guy actually did some preaching. The first guy didn't do any preaching. And the Lord said, you give him $10. And this was like a week before Christmas. And, and, and the Lord's like, uh, 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 Brother Hague's like, I don't I, it's a week before Christmas, Lord. You know, I got you know, stuff to buy for my kids, you know. And you, you do it anyway. Shut up, do it anyway, right? You probably didn't tell him, shut up, but, you know. Uh, and so, so he did. Well, th- and that's the last he heard about. It. Two years later, he's uh, uh, praying, for, praying for a lady. She's in a wheelchair uh, and crippled. Uh, and um, the Lord said, you go stand in front of her and command her to stand up in the name of Jesus. Get out of that wheelchair in the name of Jesus. And he did, right? He, he went, because they were praying at first, and I said, no, and I don't want you to pray. I want you to go over there and stand and command her to stand up in the name of Jesus. Use, use the authority of the believer. And so he did. And so she stood up. And, and as soon as she stood up, the Lord spoke to him and said, if you hadn't obeyed me in those two times, two years ago, he said, I couldn't have used you hand at this point in time. Uh, and so all of that to say is that, that our giving is only by obedience, right? It's, that's it. If the Lord says give a dollar, then we give a dollar. You know, if he doesn't say do anything, you just do whatever you want to, right? If you don't do anything, it's still okay, right? If, if he doesn't tell you to do anything and you don't do anything, you're not condemned, right? You're, it's okay. Um, if he tells you to do something and you do it, well, then you're, you, 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 you've been obedient, amen? Uh, and so uh, it was just a good story. I just thought I'd share that with you. So... Uh, Continue to pray for Miss Sue's uh, family. Uh, and uh, don't forget we have prayer uh, this Friday at 7 p.m. And uh, be blessed and uh, we'll see you later.